0: hey everyone welcome to a seat at the table a podcast to gather around and share our stories a practice that goes back thousands and thousands of years the telling of stories is a fundamental human experience that unites people and forges deep connections in a way that transcends time and culture the art of telling stories is something that has always been around and always will be evolving as time moves forward so have a seat get cozy and enjoy the story All right, everybody. So welcome to A Seat at the Table. Mom, I'm so glad that you could join us. For everybody that doesn't know, this is my mom. Her name is Darcy Solis. And um, the reason I wanted her to be one of the first people that I bring onto this podcast as a guest is because I have had the privilege of hearing her story over the course of my adult lifetime. and. It has brought so much perspective and um, so much question asking into my life. It really made me look at my life and ask myself, okay, am I, what am I doing here? Why do I do what I do? And am I living a life um, that lives up to this sort of (laughs) legacy Um, that my mom brings to the table. I really am standing on the shoulders of giants um, being my parents. And uh, so I just wanted to give you all the chance to meet and experience my mom. So mom, hello again. (laughs) Hi,
1: I'm honored that you asked me to be on here and be able to share. So thank Mm -hmm. you very much.
0: You're so welcome. Thanks for doing this. I know it might be a little weird for you. <laughs> it is a little, but it'll be good. <laughs> right, as long as we have fun, yeah? Yeah. Okay, so I guess we can start with just giving everyone some backstory to your life. Like, um, Where did you grow up? I know that's kind of a tricky question for you, but it'll provide a lot of insight and like, what was it like growing up in the environment that you did? I know you have a pretty, um, unique story as far as that goes. Um, and, uh, like how, I guess go into like how that might have shaped you, uh, later on in your life.
1: Wow. Okay. That's a lot. Um, So I am a middle child in a family of five children. I have two older brothers, myself, and then six years later, my parents had twins. Um, So we are five children. Um, My dad worked for IBM, which stands for I've Been Moved. And we, <laughs> mo- <laughs> we moved about every year and a half or two until I was 13. Um, so I've lived in Indiana, Illinois, Kentucky, New Mexico. And then when I was 13, we landed in Texas. Um, so I've been here the longest, first in Houston, now in San Antonio. That was really difficult actually as a kiddo because um, I was a little bit brainy, a little bit nerdy, not very um, (laughs) current or trendy. So, being the new kid and the smart kid, I was always an easy target for bullying. And um, I very much felt on the outside all the time. And by the time I made new friends. People got to know who I actually was, and I had a good group of friends that I was comfortable with, and it was time to move again and start all over. So that was not easy. Um, and my mom, your Nana, is one of the most amazing people I have ever known. Um, she was a very abused child who never got the help that she needed, which made growing up with her extremely difficult. Um, She had children to try to experience the love that she never had. And when we did not do exactly what she asked or what she expected, she interpreted that as us not loving her, um, which then caused her to lash out from her pain, which came out as anger. So um, growing up with her was very confusing and scary. And um, even though she never wanted to be or meant to be, she was verbally abusive, emotionally abusive and physically abusive. So It was a, it was a difficult uh, way to grow up for sure.
0: Yeah. What was it like being the middle child, um, in that type of environment? Like what, what role did you take up? If you don't mind answering that.
1: Um, well, being the middle child, I think for, for any kid is not (laughs) the, um, the position of choice Um, for myself. I was the youngest of the older three when that was convenient, meaning I didn't get the privileges that the older two had, or I was the oldest of the younger three, meaning I had all the responsibility because I was the older of that group. Um, And because I was a very good student and very obedient, I was very often... Overlooked because there were either, you know, the older brothers who were becoming teenagers and needing guidance or the younger twins, you know, just needing attention and things because of their age and being premature. So being a middle child and especially in that situation was not enjoyable. Um, I did find myself trying to be a peacekeeper, especially for the twins being younger, trying to help ward off situations where they might be in trouble and get a beating or incur mom's wrath in some way. So I was busy protecting myself as well as trying to help them avoid a situation with her as often as possible. I wasn't always successful, but I did spend a lot of energy trying to do that.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Do you think that that played a lot into your personality, even in your older years?
1: Um, I think I found in the last several years that um, those instances when I couldn't protect People or children that I felt needed to be protected, even if they didn't in my perception because of what I went through, um, it does create anxiety for me. Um, I, I do find myself wanting to fix situations as quickly as possible for people to avoid any type of trauma hmm. or repercussions for them <laughs> and when yeah. they don't allow me to- <laughs> When they don't allow me to fix things for them, I get a little frustrated because I'm coming from a place of love, but that's been a kind of a growing, uh, thing for me. So.
0: Yes. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I love it. (laughs) Um, yeah. So how did you, um, how did you transition? Like how did you escape that? Because I know a lot of people, um, just by nature become products of their environment. And so after growing up in this environment, how, how were you able to escape? Like, how did you even know that that was possible for you? You know?
1: Um, mm, to be fair, I didn't know for a very long time that I had a situation that needed to be escaped from. Hmm. Um, I think I was, very much older as a teenager before I realized that other families did not live in a similar way. Um, That probably sounds strange, but um, so I know that as controlling as my mother was and in so many ways, I believe that everything that she said had to be true and right There was still a part of me that did not succumb to her control and manipulation was a very small part of me because it wasn't a safe position to have, but there did remain a part of me that didn't succumb to that. I will say that um, without God, I don't think I would have made it out of my childhood as well. And as, healthy as I did Mm. Um, as a child. I remember my family did not go to church at all. Um, I, my mom did want God, but due to the trauma in her childhood um, and some things that happened later for her, she did not attend church and did not encourage us to do that. Mm. Um, But as a little girl, I think at four and five years old, I would ask our neighbors if they went to church. And if they did, I would ask if I could go with them. Um, so I, I, and my parents let me, so I did end up in some different kind of <laughs> ch- churches, which um, I wish as an adult now I could go back and visit and have better understanding because I think as a child, I'm not exactly sure all the different mm-hmm. things that I experienced. Experienced. Um, but I did, there was um, a church bus that would come through the neighborhood, and I I did ride the bus and go to church uh, at that church sometimes. And I always had a hunger for God, even though I had never been introduced to the concept of God or shown him in any way. Um, and I think that was just him calling me from. Really from birth, um, because I actually was, my mom went to go have an abortion with me when she found out she was pregnant due to the circumstances. She and her friend both found themselves with unwanted pregnancies. They both went to this back alley doctor and drank something and her friend aborted her baby and my mom did not. So obviously God has had his hand on me. Since conception, and mm-hmm. had a plan, and I, I, I just believe I felt that tugging even as a young child. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I remember uh, being a little girl and laying in my bed thinking, I haven't talked to God ever, so. If I think of all the times I haven't ever prayed, I need to make up for that. So I'm going to say amen for each prayer. I never prayed and try to make up for all that time. So I remember as a little five-year-old laying in my bed saying amen, 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 until I fell asleep trying to make up for all the time I had not spent praying and talking to the Lord.
0: You never told me this. <laughs>
1: I, I did. I was trying to make it
0: up to him. Wow. I had no idea. That's crazy, mom. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: but then as a teenager, I got invited to church camp and went mm-hmm. to church camp. And I think I had prayed the prayer of salvation as a little girl at one of one of the times that I had gone to church with one of the neighbors. So I'm Mm -hmm. sure the Lord came into my heart at that time, but from a different point of knowledge and perspective, I prayed again. I think I was 15, got baptized and I was 16. And that's when my walk with the Lord really took off. Yeah. And I think it's because of the Lord that I came out of my childhood with a certain amount of health and sanity and a different perspective maybe than some of my siblings.
0: Yeah, I definitely, yeah, I, I wholeheartedly believe that. How did, how did knowing the Lord, like knowing he had such a calling on your life and had been pursuing you since before you were ever even born, how did that, translate into like your collegiate years and, um, from the time where you actually were able to get out of your childhood household and kind of like forge your own path, you know?
1: Um, I'm not really sure that I was very cognizant of that, but, you know, I had the same struggles that everybody else has as far as identity and belonging and purpose and, and the enemy hit me hard in those areas as he does everyone. But, you know, at times I remember, you know, he would tell me, you know, you're not even supposed to be alive. You are breathing oxygen that belongs to somebody else who is wanted. Mm. Um, and that'll, that'll do a number on you for sure. Um, so I had a lot of struggles, but just deep down inside somewhere, um, knowing that God had spared my life. He, he created me. He spared my life. He saved me. I knew that amidst all the darkness and confusion that I, I still had to walk through. I did not come out of my childhood unaffected, but I just had a glimmer of light and hope because I knew God had formed me and called me and spared me. So that that was still a journey to walk out. Does that make sense? Yeah.
0: Yeah, it does for sure. Um, Yeah, I can. Yeah, that's definitely an understandable journey to have to go on um, after everything that you went through. Um, And speaking of like your college years and stuff, like what what did you decide to do with your life? You know, like after all of this and the journey that you're on spiritually, like where did you end up going with your life?
1: Well, I always wanted to be a doctor. Um, and, you know, your nana got sick during that time, and I decided not to leave to go to college. Um, I still wanted to do something that was affiliated with the medical field. But as a teenager, I went through about a two year period where I lost a lot of people in my life either through car accidents, suicide, um various things um and I did not feel like I could do a cadaver lab that was required by several of the different degree paths that I would have been interested in. So, I I ended up um getting a bachelor's degree in communication disorders. Hmm. Um. So, and I started a master's degree, which I did not finish. Um. So I am a bachelor's level speech therapy assistant.
0: Gotcha. That's what I ended up doing. Mm -hmm. And um, I I know this, but just so everyone knows, you're still doing that, right? Yes,
1: I am. Hmm.
0: I know there's a lot more that can be said about your college years, but, um, I don't know, I guess there's two ways that we could go with this. Um, uh, we could talk about like your walk of faith throughout your college years and you're even into your twenties, um, and where that took you eventually. Um, or we could kind of split off if you want and feel like you can talk about the time period where you actually didn't work in um, pediatric speech therapy. Do you know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm getting at? (laughs) Oh,
1: I mean, it's up to you. It's up to you. I I don't know exactly (laughs) what you have in mind, so
0: I'll let you. Okay. Okay. Well, I guess just so everyone gets to know you a little better, um, we can go the college route in your twenties route and kind of delve into some of that, like some of the. I don't know if you have any stories of like, like I guess we call them God stories or um, moments in your college years and your twenties that you know changed your life and changed your perspective on life. Um if are there any that come to mind? Um, are you thinking of anyone in particular? I don't know. I'm really thinking um, actually about Sandy.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. yes. So, yes. So um, I have been walking with the Lord after I got saved and baptized and um, it seems like no matter what group I was affiliated with at church, my walk always seemed to be a little bit deeper, a little bit more intense, um, a little bit more intentional. Um, And there had been, I was with a group of girls and we had met, um, not even met, I guess I was introduced to a a group of guys. I think one of the mutual parties knew each other and it was very brief and in passing. And um, so I don't know, maybe a year or two later um, my best friend said, Hey, Um, I ran into Sandy at the mall, um, which was one of the guys in the group that we had briefly met. And he asked for your phone number. And I thought, I can't believe he even remembered my name. He was with his girlfriend when the, the groups had met and been introduced. Um, so she had given him my phone number and I, I barely remember what he looked like or anything. Um, and he asked if he could come over. And I'm like, sure. So as I was waiting for him to come to my house, the Lord said, you know, you need to tell him that you've been walking with me. I said, sure, no problem. Um, And then he drove up in his fine car and Mm -hmm. stood up and I was mesmerized at what (laughs) it actually looked like. And I was like, Lord, do we really have to have this conversation? And he said, you know, you do. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. Um, so he came in and we shared and I said, you know, the main thing you need to know, Sandy, is that I've given my life to the Lord. And, um, I walk with him and, um, and he said, oh, well, I don't know about all that stuff. I guess I'll figure that out when I die. And I said, oh, that'll be too late. Let me share some things with you. And so I got my Bible out and, um, went through, you know, the salvation scriptures however this time I had shared salvation with people several times before and read the scriptures with them and maybe gave some explanation you know whatever however the Lord had led in those situations but at this time with Sandy the Lord did not let me say anything he had me flip to the scriptures let him read them and I said nothing And anytime I felt like I wanted to add or explain, the Lord did not allow me to do that. It was very different, but it was what it was. So we um, finished chatting after that and he left and we stayed in contact after that. And um, I think that was in October, November. And in January of the following year, he was killed in a car accident Mm
0: -hmm.
1: on his way to come and see me. And, um, I, when I went to his funeral, I was very uneasy because I didn't know if his family knew who I was. Um, I had come to find out that although he had been communicating with me, he actually had a girlfriend, which I wasn't aware of and wasn't very comfortable with. Um, so going to the funeral was very uncomfortable. And um, But I went and his mom and his aunt embraced me and said that they knew I had been sharing the Lord with him and that he had in fact gotten saved before he died. So mm-hmm. what seemed like a very chance meeting and reintroduction um was really god's grace and mercy knowing that sandy's days were coming to an end and i had the the privilege and the joy of sharing the lord with
0: him wow well, well that that i know i've heard that story several times but every time you tell it mom it's just such a testament to the goodness of the God we serve, you know, and that, you know, what an honor that you got to be a part of that, um, not just a small one, but a very, very large part and um, the comfort of knowing that, uh, yeah, that he was in, like, actually saved before he left. I think that's so beautiful, hard and sad, but beautiful such an honor and
1: how awesome that God would trust me to play that part in his life. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would just encourage anyone who has the opportunity to share, even though it might seem incidental or awkward or maybe not the right time. You don't know what opportunity God has entrusted to you because tomorrow Mm -hmm. isn't promised.
0: Yeah. That's amazing if you hmm okay let's see if you would have I also just some clarity um, I know that there's like decades literally more to your story and even like smaller stories interwoven throughout so um, I look forward to as I learn how to do these podcasts later on having you back <laughs> and exploring more of, um, that area of your life. Cause I know that that is also a huge testimony. Um, so yeah, uh, there's also that piece, but, um, I think it's so important for people to know that like, there is so much more for them than even what their life looks like and what the enemy tells them there is for them. And you, you know, having that narrative since literally before birth, which is insane, um, are such an example of that. And that really like that testimony shines through. And so I guess like what would be your encouragement to people who are struggling with like their past their pasts and their childhoods um, of abuse, or like having this narrative spoken over them where they really don't believe there is more for them, that they should have never been born. You know, like, what would you want them to take away from this?
1: Um, I want people to know that it does not matter who you were born to, what horrible circumstances may have been around you what trauma you have experienced, what has been done to you. Um, You were created intentionally by a loving father who desires to have a relationship with you, but you were born in a battlefield and you have an enemy who does not want you to experience the love, the healing and relationship with your heavenly father and all the ugliness that you've heard been told the lies that go through your mind that tell you you're not worth anything you have no reason to live nobody loves you those are absolute lies the bible says that satan is the author of lies and you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the exact opposite of those lies are what is true if the enemy is telling you that you are unlovable, then you know the truth is you are absolutely fully, wholly loved by your heavenly father and so many people. If you are hearing in your mind or being told that you don't have a purpose, you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are born for such a time as this with a purpose and an identity given to you by God
0: himself. Hmm. That's so good. (laughs) So good. All right. Well, mom, to everyone else, Darcy. (laughs) um, Thank you so much for being willing to kind of be, my guinea pig for this podcast and for being so vulnerable and so open for the sake of really like just showing more and more of God's story um through your own and really giving him the glory through it all um I'm excited for everyone that's listening to really take some golden nuggets from this and to have been able to experience even just a tiny bit of your life um so, yeah, just thank you.
1: Well, you know, it's been my pleasure, honey. Thank you.
0: Yeah, of course. All right. Well, um, everyone, thank you so much for listening. And mom, thank you for coming to a seat at the table. I will see you next time. <laughs>